0: wrestling is fake fuck you dude no it's not all right wrestling is one of the greatest forms of entertainment out there that gets shit on the most and that's what we're going to talk about today i have two guests today to form our own little wrestling round table cue the music Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. Sitting down with me, I have Michael Pomodary, known as the Knocker, and Kyle Adams over easy. Yeah. You may have heard about them from a little podcast called the Slobber Knocker Podcast.
1: But how are you doing, guys? I mean, Wonderful. I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for having us on the show, man. It's we really appreciate be, it. it. It's great to be here. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to have worlds finally collide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: was going to say, a little, a little crossover episode. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, uh,
1: I dabbled on your
0: podcast a little bit, Slabberknocker, Michael, and I, I kind of broke it because we talked too much.
1: That and was the episode that people were like, it's not working on iTunes. <laughs> and I and I apologize once again to everybody that tried to listen to that episode on iTunes. It didn't work, but we broke the internet with that I, episode. I, I just talked too much about wrestling. You weren't the only one in the room, sir. <laughs>
0: That's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, Kyle's fresh
2: back from injury. Yeah, uh, back from the injured reserve list. Feels un- great to be back. Un- unwired, unhinged. Unwired, unhinged, ready to uh, bring fire into the internet. The unhinged lunatic. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. the new gimmick I'm going for. <laughs> when I can when I can open my mouth all the way, I'll be back in the ring. Take
0: yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, I'll get my plugs out of the way and we'll get down to talking about wrestling. Yeah, we're in episode nineteen. As uh, as I said before, check out uh, the Slobberknocker podcast. That's one of our friends of the show. Other podcasts you could take uh, take a look at. Also, the Brothers Marvel podcast, where Vinny and Charlie Duber look at some old comics from way back in the '60s from Marvel. Quite sexist, quite racist, quite hilarious. But uh, <laughs> Stanley, quite something back in the day. But uh, you can also check out Movie Trailer Trash where Charlie and Bethany Duber look at latest trailers that have come out and kind of decide whether or not they're actually going to see the movie. So check out that. There's wrestling, comics, movies. What, what more do you need, people? <laughs> love. Just yeah. some love in yeah, affection. section. Well, that's what we're here for in the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. Of course. Podcast. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, so also, please uh, rate, review, subscribe to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast on iTunes. If you're an Apple hater, you can also catch us on Podbean, Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, all that bullshit uh, if you don't like iTunes. So check us out there as well. If you'd like to email the show, inter- uh, Buffet at gmail.com. I'm always taking suggestions for new episodes, maybe new guests in the Chicago area who would like to Come on and discuss a certain entertainment topic. But uh, yeah, so, and uh, lastly, just check out entertainmentbuffet.com for new sketches, web shows, and whatnot. And the next few weeks, we have our first animated sketch coming out where we make fun of a little bozo on TV called Trump.
1: Oh. <laughs> so uh,
0: stay TV tuned. God. Yeah. yeah. Stay. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for that, uh, but yeah. So we're here today to talk about wrestling. I mentioned this a while back on the podcast when me and Kelly talked guilty pleasures. This is a uh, wrestling's the thing that I get a lot of hate for, guys. Uh-huh. Anytime I tell people that I love wrestling, they think I'm joking. Mm-hmm. They think y- y- you know it's you know it's fake, right? And I'm like, what? <laughs> no! Are you are you about to tell me that Santa Claus isn't a real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Are you are about to tell me that my parents put money under my pillow instead of the Tooth Fairy? Fuck you! Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, of course we know it's fake. I mean, yeah. And I just to was... just to clear up a very popular misconception about adult pro wrestling fans. We're, yes, we're in on the secret. <laughs> we know. We have. That's the first thing you're right that people yeah. say. Like, well, you look, like, you're into wrestling. Well, you know that shit's fake, right? That's Come on, man. Like, yeah. yeah. What do you it's, take me for? Since I was about 18, I've known it was fake. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like we're able to
1: suspend our willing of disbelief. Yeah. Because we love this thing so much. Fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. That shit ain't real. That's like, what if I went into every movie theater and just goes, you
0: guys know this is fake, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. just... Tom you, Cruise is an actor. He's not really that person. Just paid seven bucks to see Tom Hanks not fly a plane.
2: And I got news for you: <laughs> what you what you think is reality television as well is also scripted. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. Well, and that's an interesting <laughs> thing too because I was listening to uh, the Miz on the
1: Talk Is Jericho podcast just like a week or two ago, uh, and he was talking about when he was on the Real World uh, that. In those days, which was probably like maybe 10 years ago that he was in the real world, that stuff was still actually real. And he said that there was nothing that he was ever told to do or told to say or, or a way he was told to act. The only time he was uh, ever told anything or asked anything was when they were doing those interviews weekly. Yeah. Um, but he's saying, like, you know, over the years that you can see where we reality, quote unquote, so you can't see me do the quotes right now, uh, but it's shifted to it being more scripted reality. So oh, it yeah. just makes it there's eat, a like, formula. Really they figured yeah, out absolutely. what's wor-
2: what worked. They figured out, you know, how we're going to get the 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 you know the the most viewers, depending on what the audience is, yeah. and. You go with that formula, you go with that script and you Oh definitely. And they know exactly like
1: what footage that they need to put into television shows in order to get people to watch it. Like uh You know, even if i even if I. Well, Jersey Shore, that was popular, you know, when I was in
0: high school. Yeah. I remember I had to explain to a friend how that, like, it's not real. She's like, how? I was like, think about it. Do you think they really come into a problem once a week? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Think about it. It's like any show. There's a problem, and then there's either a solution, or it carries over to the next episode where the problem Mm -hmm. continues. But I was like, did you really think that that happens to people every week? Yeah. That seems a little... You know, a little far-fetched. Yeah. Like, like people have a lot of problems in life, but not to be so, you know, methodical.
1: Like, it's like a calendar. Like, it's scheduled for me. <laughs> yeah. But even, exactly. It's like the format of a sitcom. Exactly. And even those people, like on the Jersey Shore, they were playing characters. Oh, yeah. I mean, those characters were heightened versions of themselves, but that's what a lot of pro wrestlers are nowadays. Yeah. Just heightened versions of themselves. Yeah, the, the rock Exactly, which one of the is most famous wrestlers of all time. Yeah, which then. oh, he was lucky that like when he debuted as Rocky Maivia, and he was the babyface with the whole uh, like Samoan, you know, gimmick and everything. Uh, he was he was lucky that he was able to change his gimmick pretty quick because after he won the Intercontinental Championship, people started to boom because he was just a smiley baby face, yeah. much like Apollo Creed is now, Yeah, or uh, Apollo Cruz. Jesus Christ, I'm like Daniel <laughs> Bryan. No. I'm ignorant. Yeah. I'm an ignorant. Guy. No, I
0: I totally know what you mean, and like that's it, it's funny how like wrestling is just like the live version of like stuff that's happening on movies and TV all the time. Yeah. Like you said. Rock started out as like, he's the hero, he's happy, he's going to save the day. And people
1: are like, fuck this, you know, and they just booed him. But even it's Triple like, H had to change from like a French aristocrat to, you know, who he eventually characters, became.
2: Characters most of, I mean, all, a lot of the time, if not most of the times, are going to have growing pains. Yeah. At, least, at least talking in the frame of reference of WWE, yeah. WWF back then. Because you, you have a, a creative team who's basically creating something for you. Hey, go try this out because we think it's good. And if the performer can't relate to that at all, can't connect with it, then that's not going to connect with an audience. An exactly. audience is immediately going to find it disingenuous and they're going to boo him. Luckily for people like The Rock, they're able to, to you know, evolve their character to where it mostly becomes a part of them that they can relate to. Obviously, the audience sees that they immediately connect to it, too. And I think the most over-pro-wrestling characters are ones that are themselves with the volume turned way up. Absolutely. And
1: that's... and a lot of that was going into the attitude era because you had so many like character gimmicks going going up until
2: that point. But the ones before, that can create truly original characters yeah. that aren't really a part of themselves at all. I mean, some people can argue every actor's every every character that an actor creates has a small part of them in it, but the ones who play real care I mean those are the really 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 talented ones yeah. the ones that can can find a connection with an audience based on p- their their pure creation of a character mm-hmm. yeah. which is hard to do i mean because these people are are a lot of them are athletes first are are you know in ring performers first and they really have to to fight and claw to to find that connectivity with an audience mm-hmm. guys like cesaro you know who he connects based, I think, purely based on his likability because he's so good in the ring. Mm-hmm. But he, as far as a character goes, he's still wrestling with with what he can do to to really get over with both the creative teams, the powers that be, and the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I kind of want to open up the floor to,
0: and you know, we talked about before about being an adult. You know, we're all in our twenties. Being a wrestling fan, it's kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm 30. Yeah, I'm only a <laughs>
1: couple months away from. Uh, so, well, but uh, I'm flattered that you <laughs> thought I was in my 20s. Let's J- pretend. <laughs> well, Jolly, yeah, we're going to suspend our willing of disbelief that I'm still <laughs> in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway, adults who still like wrestling, uh, you know, a lot of people think that it's it's more for children. So, like, one thing I wanted to kind of ask, and you know, this is not something that'll be just like a one sentence thing that, that we can discuss. Like, for uh, like, we'll start with you, Kyle. Like, what is something that. You know why you still watch wrestling? Like, what's a huge like one thing that you really latch onto? Is it like certain characters? Is it just the, you know, being in a live crowd? If you've been to a show and Absolutely. that feeling, what, what is that thing that you grab on to? I as think a wrestling
2: fan. I think a lot of it. I mean, yeah, because I I was a huge huge fan as a kid, and then I had several years where I did not follow it whatsoever. It took uh you know becoming you know living with Mike, which I did for a while when we lived in Portland. Started to watch a lot of YouTube videos of of matches, a lot of which I'd seen before, which I was kind of viewing through a different prism as an adult, and a lot that I had not seen over the years of not watching wrestling. And coming from the perspective of an adult who who knows it's all work, who's sort of kind of scoffed at it for many years, you know, I watched it when I was a kid, it's pretty dumb now. Uh, I was able to say oh shit I missed some really good stuff and like I'm into this in a different way and the more I went down that rabbit hole and then started to watch the current product again I don't know there's there's a lot of reasons that I watch it there's a lot of uh, but 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 the the biggest would probably be just the the exclusivity of it you feel like you're a part of a community you know if I saw you're wearing a Kevin Owens shirt right now if I if I walked down the street and saw anybody wearing a Kevin Owens shirt or a Balor club or whatever which happens every once in a while yeah um, you know th- you can put up the too sweet sign and, and you just know what that is you yeah. too sweet each other it's and, like a, a, a language absolutely yeah, and you right. and we were mentioning too how how a lot of the time when you as adult wrestling fans you spend a lot of your time talking about it with people on the internet and that's that's a uh, they're kind of, it's kind of a niche community. It's a big one. I mean, especially online, you know, there's a, there's a 3.2 billion pro wrestling podcasts out there for a reason. People love to talk about it, but it does feel even as an adult, like I'm a, I'm a part of this cool thing where I, I can appreciate it as an art form. Uh, even though a lot of the time, what people, people experience from pro wrestling is WWE. And that's sort of, a lot of the time, the lowest form of that art form, you know, they're trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator instead of the high, which is why a lot of people try to get their pro wrestling entertainment from other things. But yeah, I mean, as a, just growing into an adult and, and, um, fine tuning my tastes in entertainment, I realized that I loved the, I'm I'm a huge sports fan, but I'm also a huge, I've got a huge background in theater and storytelling, and pro wrestling is the, the perfect confluence of those two things, of watching unrivaled athleticism and when it's good, great storytelling, fueling, yes. fueling you know, motivating these, these incredible you know, feats of athleticism. I love a good musical or a play with an awesome fight scene in it. Mm-hmm. That is pro wrestling, it's watching a play on TV An episodic Episode of television An episodic drama Or whatever Or a comedy And then uh, Some awesome action scenes When it's done right And a lot of times which I, I can understand why people would say, you know, oh, stupid, you're watching wrestling. Because when they're flipping through the channels and they see for for 2.5 seconds or however long they're watching it, they see a, a man in nothing but briefs and a scarf, you know, f- walking around with a clipboard, you know. They're like, what is this shit? You know, what yeah. are you watching? But, it, yeah. but, but that's almost like any show that you bumble into the middle. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. shows the close-mindedness of people judging whatever form of entertainment y- you enjoy, you know. I th- I can watch a show and be like, that's stupid. I don't get how anybody likes Big Bang Theory, you know. But a lot of people do. I'm not one of them. Yeah. But give it a chance, at least, you know. And that's that's what I say to people. I'm like, do you like sports? Do you like you like to watch? Like, holy shit, how do they do that? Yeah, of course I like to watch that shit. All the-. Do you like good drama? Do you like comedy? Yeah, of course. I'm not. I'm human, aren't I? Then give this a shot. And if you watch yeah. a if you watch a couple of episodes of it, you get into some of the storylines and it's not your thing then move on but don't say it's stupid it's fake I mean have a have a more open mind than that Mm -hmm. yeah that was a very long winded answer (laughs) no you said it didn't have to be one sentence no no definitely (laughs) (laughs) we we might have to start this episode over again we still have enough time
1: don't put me on on the list (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) you're on the list
0: yeah see uh, most of that I just That's exactly what I would say, too. Uh, I mean, and you may talk about this now for yourself, Michael, but I think that's one thing as, you know, we're all in some sort of performing. You know, I don't act as much, but I do stand-up. I know you guys have done improv, sketch you know, maybe stand up yourself. So it's like, and I've noticed a lot of people, especially in the Chicago community who are in
1: comedy, they love wrestling. It's a huge here. crossover. A huge yeah. because With stand up and improv, I mean, the, the amount of people that are into pro wrestling is huge. And even when we saw freelance pro wrestling, like two weeks
2: ago now, I saw quite a few people in like the stand up improv community there. Yeah. Cause the I pro mean, wrestlers are, are, ta- are desperate to take improv because that's, they get their performers, yeah. their actors. Well, yeah. Think
0: about, you know, like when, uh, You know, like when I when I do stand up, if I kind of like fumble or mess up a joke or kind of just like forget what I'm saying, you know, like I get heckled. Or you know maybe they won't boo, but you know you get a bad response. We're like it's the same thing in wrestling. If yeah. they if they fuck up a move, they'll do. You fucked up. Yeah, exactly. You I fucked it it's up. stand
2: like up, it's it's, <laughs> it's for the most part uh, frowned upon to heckle. I mean, yeah. absolutely, you're going to get if the comic is good, they're going to yeah. they're going to get you, they're going to talk shit to you for for heckling. They're going to put you in your place. But but in pro in wrestling, wrestling, it's openly open encouraged. by yeah, like, you, chan- you You know, you fucked up. We yeah. go to shows and we would not be all awful the time? as a stand up. Like, uh, <laughs> You <laughs> fuck! No, you know, you fuck! The, the guy on the plane is like, uh, you know, the, you fuck! Uh, no, no! <laughs> or imagine
1: if someone like a standard comedian told a joke that you really liked, and everybody was like, "Holy shit! Exactly. That
2: <laughs> Holy shit! <this> is awesome!" <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I, well, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Uh, See, I uh, like before I before I bring it on to you, Michael. Like, I think that's to me that's my thing. Is like, for example, this is a very specific moment. You know, if you don't watch wrestling, you can look this up on on YouTube. And I'll, I'll tell a couple of these, but one that, like, I can never forget, and I look it up on YouTube and re-watch it, is back in 2011, when The Rock first came back, uh-huh. he hadn't been on TV since, like, 06, 07. Uh-huh. Like, pretty much, I started re-watching wrestling around 06. So, like, at this point, I hadn't really seen Rock on regular television since I was, like, in grade school. Yeah. So, he comes back, and the crowd went nuts. Yeah. Like, you, you, it's like... Deafening yeah. like it, it, it just, and then you see the flashes so many people taking pictures oh, and it was just like I, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it Yeah, like, I remember watching that video and getting goosebumps that he walked out and he didn't say a word yet All he did was his music hit and he walked out and he got that kind of response. I'm like that is amazing, but it also goes
1: to show like Everything he did up until that point in pro wrestling and obviously movies now I mean, the pro wrestling fans obviously remembered him well enough and appreciated everything he did so much that like having him come back or any really any wrestler. It was even like, uh, was it WrestleMania 32 when uh, The Rock, not The Rock, but um, Stone Cold Cold and Mick Foley and HBK. I mean, Kyle and I were watching that together and like we were sitting on the couch. But then after HBK's music hit, we were
2: up, standing up. (laughs) These are just just three men walking, not saying anything. yeah, in the so, ring. yeah. And, and
1: like it's
2: and it, that speaks to that that like spiritual exclusivity absolutely. That, that exists among wrestling fans is that we I mean it's it can be uh it can it can be uh, compared to like sports obviously the, you're all of the, the the fans of the same team and. Uh, when you when you go into that stadium and everyone's wearing the same color, I mean, it doesn't matter what your 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 political or social beliefs or anything. I mean, there's probably so many people at a pro wrestling event that I would. I would I would be ashamed to have spoken to or because a lot of people so I would never repulsive. want to get coffee with. Because Absolutely, of their well, that's what I mean. Yeah, news, people who I'd never be friends with. But for that, same thing with I'm a I'm a St. Louis Cardinal fan as far as baseball is concerned. Some of the worst people on earth are cheer for that team. It, <laughs> it, yeah. can, be, it can be said for any team, really. We've all got our our grimy pockets of of uh, you know all fan bases have those people, but. I Especially the Cardinals, because I go online and I see some of the, the shit that they say. And, I'm, and there's a whole Twitter thing for it, you know, shit Cardinals fans say or something. It's awful. And the same thing can be said with... Every time we go to a wrestling live event, I mean... Sometimes we'll just go to, to the, con- we, like we did uh, at Allstate Arena. You go to the concessions or the merch booth, and you just sit there. And you post people up with watch, people man. watching. Is You're insane. just like, holy shit. Because it brings out, I mean, some people who are like, wow, I don't think I'd be friends with them. And I don't mean to sound judgmental, but it, it, it bridges all gaps when you, when you have the passion for the same thing. Like, exactly. Like, for example, uh, I
0: love, like, Daniel Bryan's story when he finally got his push, yeah, you know, is like, people don't understand. It's not just like you get cheered and management gives you the title. Yeah. Like management pushes who they want. And when I say management, I mean Vince McMahon. Exactly. Vince McMahon pushes who he wants, whether you boo him, whether you cheer him, whether you do anything like he wants who he wants to be the face of the company. And you know, that like that was Roman Reigns after John Cena. And so like all of a sudden I started seeing Daniel Bryan just getting so many chants by people purely because they loved how he is like an everyman. Yeah. They love how he always puts on good matches. And he's underappreciated. So it was the purest underdog story you could ever enjoy. That he went from you know, no matter they would make his character lose every week, he would still get cheered. Yeah, people would start buying his shirts. I bought one of his shirts. And, you know, like uh, that's how you support your wrestler is by when you get shirts for them. That money goes, and I believe a percentage in their pocket. Yeah, and also management looks. Oh well. Daniel Bryan's t-shirt sales are up. We should put him on TV more. Maybe he could sell some more merchandise. Mm -hmm. And, like, it slowly became to a point where we were interrupting the show with the, the crowds were because, you know, other people were speaking and Daniel Bryan wasn't on the television.
1: It's like, we or were... he was there, and he wasn't the focus of the attention. Yeah. Another example of that is when they unified the titles. Uh, that's what I was with, thinking of. With uh, Cena and Orton in the ring, and all those like current uh, or former like uh, superstars and like title holders, uh, Triple H is trying to give a speech, and everybody starts chanting Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Yes. And if Daniel Bryan is standing there in the ring, and at one point Mark Henry raises yeah. uh, Daniel Bryan's arm, and everybody starts screaming yes, yes. and Triple H just had to stop talking because yeah. he was just like well clearly I'm not going to be heard over these chants and that's that's one thing <clears throat> I love about it is that like fans were cheering
0: so much and it took a while but management and Vince McMahon finally said all right
1: He's getting the T-shirt sales. He's getting the reactions. I guess we got to put the belt on. Well, they couldn't ignore it. And yeah. for Dan- someone like Daniel Bryan uh, and some of the people who are coming in from NXT now, a lot of them have been on the independent circuit for years. Yeah. So guys like Daniel Bryan and, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, they've already had such a huge following for being in the independents for so many years that a lot of those fans, you know, are going to watch them now that they're in the WWE, which I'm sure helps a lot with giving them that push that they so...
0: Yeah. Definitely, but that was just like a story. I remember, and like I was trying to explain it to like my wife, uh, like because you know, to some people who don't watch, like they don't understand. I was like, yeah, you watch week in and week out. They try to bury him. Yeah, they have him lose. They have him humiliated. They try to just make him look the worst and other people better because they're hoping the fans will cheer the people they want. Yeah, and the fans were like, no we like Daniel Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> and then this, Vince was the finally like, well, fuck, I guess we have to give him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> every every once in a while. You just can't ignore it. Every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. So uh, like before we totally lose track, like Michael, what is, what is the one thing that you've latched onto that you're like, why I still watch wrestling uh,
1: now? Like, what is that thing? Well, for me, it was something that I grew up with and I, and I've said before, and I always say as a joke that I've, been watching wrestling since I was a glimmer in my father's eye because my dad started watching wrestling when he was growing up and he would go to like high school gymnasiums to watch Hacksaw Jim Duggan and like all these (laughs) other guys like Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik you know uh in the 80s exactly first started booming or in the 70s too because my dad's been watching it for years so I would like see those pictures like uh and photographs that he took over the years and uh and I grew up watching it, and my dad would take me to shows back home all the time. Um, I would go see live events. Uh, so for me, it was it was like, a, really was, and still is, a connection that I have with my father. Um, and when I was growing up watching it, my dad and I would watch Monday Night Raw every single Monday night. Even if I was out in the neighborhood playing with my friends, my dad would walk out on the deck and just yell my name because it was time to come home to watch <laughs> Monday Night Raw. We'd watch it. Uh, and it's funny because we, we talked before we started recording this, that like, as an adult, you wish you had somebody to talk to about pro wrestling. For me, I've always had my dad to talk to about pro wrestling. Like that was never an issue. Like, oh, I don't have any friends to talk to about pro wrestling. No, it was always my dad. But the fun thing is now that I'm an adult is I'm educating him on everything that's happening in pro wrestling. Cause he doesn't keep up with the current storylines as much as he used to because mm-hmm. he's, he finds it boring now. Um, but I tell them about like NXT and I was telling them about CWC. Even when I go home to talk about it, my mom finds it fascinating. Not that she's into watching pro wrestling, but she finds like the backstories and the behind-the-scenes stuff to be really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Well, I uh oh, sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say sometimes that stuff is more fascinating than what's actually happening in the storylines, is the behind the scenes.
1: And that's the stuff that I'm more into now than like a lot of current storylines. Because since the draft split, I just haven't been into a lot of the storylines storylines that they're trying to push on both Raw and SmackDown. So I've been more into like listening to shoot interviews over the years and listening to people that were part of it. But once I, when I turned 17 and I started doing theater, uh, that just like took so, took up so much time. Like I was never home to watch Raw or SmackDown. And once I started working, it was the same thing because this is way before they had the network and it was convenient to watch it. This is before YouTube where you could even go online and watch matches. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of lost touch with it, but still talked to my dad about it, but it wasn't until after I graduated from college, um, and I, uh, moved into Kyle's old place, um, when he moved to Portland, um, I, I just wasn't in a really good place. I just graduated from college, all of my friends were gone, I was very depressed, um, And I started watching wrestling again, just like YouTube videos is to be like, I haven't watched wrestling in so long. Like I started watching uh, old stuff, like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. And then I started getting into the Attitude Era. Uh, And I started watching as a way uh, of, Comfort food. It was comfort food for me. It was something that uh, I grew up with that was a part of my childhood and a part of my upbringing that I could just like relate to again. And that helped me get into like the more current wrestling because my roommate at the time, our friend Ryan Swenson, uh, he was into pro wrestling too. So then I had a roommate that I could talk about it. And then we just started geeking out about pro wrestling and we started watching it all the time. Uh, And as a performer, uh, it's something that just like really captivates me because even if it is uh, someone playing a heightened version of themselves—it's still remarkable what they're able to do. And I like using Chris Jericho as an example because he's someone who has just been constantly able to reinvent himself oh, over yeah. the years. I never get tired of watching Chris Jericho. He could come out next week wearing a tutu, and I would be like, "This guy's great." <laughs> uh, but even when Kyle and I lived in Portland, we started playing like wrestling video games. We had all these epic matches. Uh, and I feel like as a performer, one thing that I like to bring to like anything I do, whether it's like uh, a play, a musical, a sketch show that I'm in, or stand-up, I like to bring the intensity, so to speak, that a wrestler brings. So when I go up on stage to do stand-up, I feel like I'm just cutting a 15-minute promo. Whether people are into that or not, you'll develop <laughs> your own crowd with that. Yeah. Or the same thing with uh, with sketch shows. Like, if I'm if I'm performing on stage, I don't feel like I did my job unless I get off the stage and I'm, like, completely exhausted. And I've had people tell me that's it's like, you're, like, an athlete when you perform because when you get off the stage, you're, like, exhausted and you're sweating. Well, you stay hype. Exactly. I'm like Mojo <laughs> Rawley when I'm up on you know, stage. You stay hype. Exactly. You hype. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm that's something
0: you could say, and, like, anyone who's listening to this who doesn't like wrestling is, like so he stays hyped I yeah, guess. yeah that's what he hyped a but that's that's, that's he one thing you said earlier about the language thing and like what you were probably able to grow up with with your dad was catchphrases, little things that they say that like no one else understands. You know, if you smell what the rock is cooking. Exactly, like that. and that's, that's what it exactly. is when you're a
2: kid. It's it's the catchphrases and it's it's that sort of terminology. And part of the fun uh, of evolving, especially me coming, you know, becoming a wrestling fan again as an adult, is is peeling back the fourth layer, you know, or right. the fourth wall. And in that other layer of, like, of kayfabe breaking. And that's what, as I've evolved as a fan, wrestling has evolved too at least WWE about it used to all be about protecting the business and even <laughs> even when you're out in public you, you know yeah. if, you, if you if you're on the uh, in a bar and you see uh, the, the guy you're feuding with you better yeah. fucking start a fight in that bar rules and faces <laughs> yeah. could not travel you couldn't do it and now it's especially like especially in the days of old territories yeah yeah, it yeah was absolutely all out. it was all about protecting it so that even adults who were like oh, they get scripted they're, they're still like well shit these guys don't like each other it's <laughs> like k no. was broke Back in the 30s, yeah. yeah. So people knew about that back then. However, but they, they, they tried th- their damnedest to protect it.
1: But they were, and they were still so good at it that even in the days of the territories, like you listen to like Jim Cornette and shoot interviews. I mean, people were getting death threats. People had to have like Rowdy Piper had to have security like escort him to you know whatever like yeah. his water transportation to leave the building so people didn't
2: kill him. Someone you know? some would argue that that's when the business was at its best, at exactly. its at its purest form. <laughs> but the world evolves too. It's 2016. It's the it's the you know the information age. Internet uh, rules everything. Yeah. So now we have Twitter, and all these wrestlers have to be on Twitter. They have to promote the the, the business, the show, the industry, whatever they're they on. they Feud with people on Twitter. Well, I mean, I mean, they should. That's what I would think. Like, I mean, be, but you don't. I mean, it's it's perfectly okay for it wrestlers to be like they did. But as it's evolved, you know, just like the world evolves, wrestling evolves with it, and now it's. You know, everybody on, when you're when the wrestlers on Twitter, they're not really in character. You know, but or or you can show. Um, you know, some of the uh, a baby face and a heel at the, from WWE at an NXT event. You know, they're watching the show together, but like uh, they're feuding, you know. Well, even that when type they had thing. the show at the Barclays Center just recently, was NXT TakeOver. They
1: had Sasha and Becky Lynch sitting together in the front row. But, and That's what I meant, Charlotte yeah. Charlotte
2: was in the front row, but she was like on
1: the other side.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, I mean, they try a little bit, but for the most part, part of the, the appeal to them trying to get adults like us to watch their product is like see what happens behind we have a whole network now of shows like breaking breaking ground or whatever or uh total divas i mean even my girlfriend who in a million years would never think that she would we've been we've been together 11 12 years she would never think that she would ever be into wrestling but you stick around you overhear it long enough and you and she sees me watching some shows like breaking ground and and she's like oh i never really thought about it from this perspective about like oh these are the guys who are like oh and they even have like a little minor league like developmental system and that's how they do they have to learn how to do all these different things and that got made her kind of invested to the point where she's like kind of watching behind me and i was watching smackdown today uh catching up on wrestling i watched it on hulu and she saw sort of the fallout of the uh dolph ziggler and Miz story and she was like wait I remember this from a couple days ago. So I remember when he came in and he challenged him and he was like, if you lose, you have to quit. He, he won. And I was like, yeah, yeah he won. Yeah. He was like, Oh, that's you. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's the other day that John Cena commercial came on, like, cause love has no borders. Really. I and I, and I tried to pull a fast one on her. I was like, I was like, Hey, what, what do you think of The Rock doing these commercials? Huh? The Rock, he's pretty crazy, right? And she was like, "I know who that is." I was like, "Who is it?" She went, "You know, you know, John Cena." John Cena so yeah. like, yes, yeah,
1: I love the fact
2: world. that she knows the. Absolutely, too. Yeah. but that's the sort of thing that that I'm talking about with my appeal to wrestling. It's like, you know, as a as a kid, you're all about like this is all a show to me. This is just like I'm watching a cartoon. Like, uh, this is amazing. And as an adult, you're kind of like. I liked I like to, to see the behind the scenes and then how how they do it on the other side the yeah, full me too. well and that's and that's one of the things that that like that unveiling which is what makes it uh, even more entertaining now to watch it as an adult especially as people with theatrical backgrounds you know we don't just consume entertainment we help to produce it so we have a vested interest in in the process of how these things are created. And with pro wrestling, it's unlike most TV shows, you're you're waiting to get like the the DVD behind the scenes features to like get any little thing of like interviews or whatever. But pro wrestling is entirely built on that. There's a whole network built on see everything how we do it. You can even come to the performance center in NXT and fucking do the whole yeah. thing for a day. Give us a You'd thousand bucks and like...
1: You can come up to the ring. So you you have a, you're, if,
2: you, if you put in the time, you have a really, you know, uh, vested interest into watching the main product because yeah. you're, you're such a part of its production. It's the same thing <laughs> with the promos that they used to cut, especially in the Attitude Era.
1: I mean, we all know everything is just like unbelievably scripted now, word for word that everything they have to say
2: but I mean It's like that's the of- that's the only time that you look at it and be like, Whoa, what a good promo, the Miz Cut on Talking Smack. It was like, Yeah, for, because for once For once they didn't it. It was like just him. do you, just let just, just let it let the let the emotion fuel what you're saying. Yeah. And, Exactly. And that's what it should be a pipe bomb every time. It should be these people, you know. Here's the scenario, but I like, I mean, I don't mean to cut your thought off, but that's what comes off as so disingenuous sometimes when you watch what they're putting on TV now because guys like Seth Rollins, who I've seen talk. You know, off the cuff when he's not scripted, and I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, this dude knows how to let emotions feel what he's saying, comes across as very heated, uh, tactical, you know, whatever he needs to be, but. It's so easy to, to to see when he's when he's performing something scripted that it's night and day. It's just like, oh my god, well, it's, what, it's, who are you trying to fool right now, dude? And it's
1: even the same thing with like The Rock too, compared to the Attitude Era and now. Like during the Attitude Era, he was one of the best talkers on the mic. Oh, yeah, and like I remember his, his his feud with Triple H. I remember like people saying behind the scenes that Triple H started just like going off script and started like improvising, and The Rock was just like, hold on a second, like. If I have to stay on script, then why don't you stay on script, you know? So then they started just like... Improvising promos on each other, and like that's how a big part of their feud started because they were really talking shit to each other. But even now, like since The Rock comes back, like I'll never forget that that promo between The Rock and John Cena, where John Cena called out The Rock for having notes on his wrist for uh, trying to remember like what his promos were going to be. Yeah, and you know, that just goes to show you the difference between then and now. But even like when we went to go see Freelance Wrestling, Frank the Clown, who went out there, who we had never seen before, because I've I've never seen holy foley but he was being interviewed and then all of a sudden dude just grabbed the microphone and just started shooting like he just cut this epic promo that like i was sitting there i was like is this a work or a shoot <laughs> i couldn't tell because, are they me right now yeah but it was so good like he was so good he was heated he was invested in what he had to say he cared about what he's had to and say there's no yeah, like it's, it's no
2: great mystery that that's when <laughs> That's when the pro wrestling formula, uh, as far as the, the not in ring entertainment aspect of it, that's when it hits. That's, that's when, when a lot it of clicks, characters build. Is when you're wondering, is that a work or a shoot? Exactly. You know, when the, when you can ask those about those storylines, that's when you that when it's that ambiguous, that's when you're like, oh shit, like this is, I, I don't know if this is real or fake, but I fucking love it. And they, that doesn't happen enough. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. They, yeah. And, like,
0: wrestling also, like, maybe not necessarily the storyline, but like we said with behind-the-scenes stuff, like, it can get emotional. Like, I'll never forget, this was 2011 is when Edge had to announce that he was retiring. Yeah. And, like, it was kind of emotional for me because I remember... I. We talked about this on the Slabberknocker podcast, but the first match I ever saw was in 2000 at the the Triangle Ladder Match oh, yeah. with Edge and Christian, the Hardys and Dudleys at WrestleMania 16. And I saw him as this young guy who was just part of a tag team, and like to see, even though like there were some few years in the middle where I stopped watching, but in 06 I went back and you know like you said DVDs or the network started yeah. watching, I saw him progress. You saw this man's journey of like this was his dream as a child. Mm -hmm. Like I think he even said in his high school yearbook he got voted most likely to be world champion in wrestling or whatever. Sure. So like you see him go from just a tag
1: nobody to be in the kind of in the middle in the mid card. Well, he started out as a singles competitor. Yeah, I remember his debut when he would enter in from the crowd. With this, he was just like this mysterious person who would run yeah. out with sunglasses and uh, a, a trench coat. And I remember it was at a—I think it was a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series. He was in a mixed tag match with uh, Sable, and this was right before he started teaming up with his friend Christian, and then they became a tag team. And then that's you know one of the things that helped like expand and help make his career grow into what it ended up becoming too. Yeah, and to see
0: his like growth to where I started watching in 06... Uh, like of end of O five end of O six, like right after Eddie Guerrero died and I saw him cash in the money in the bank for mm-hmm. the first time ever, mm-hmm. win the world title. I was like, whoa, this is a guy that even though six years doesn't sound that long ago, like six years from when I was in second grade to almost high school, you know like whatever like you're looking and I'm like, wow. He's a he's the champion. Yeah, And then to see him then continue to do that for years, all of his matches with Cena, yep. main event with Undertaker. Yep. Like, he just did everything. And then to see him come into the ring, and I'm pretty sure they told him, all right, you got 15, 20 minutes or whatever, just go say what you got to say. And to have him announce that this isn't a shoot, This or I mean, this isn't a work. This isn't a storyline that he just genuinely said the doctors say I can't compete anymore. Doctors say yeah yeah. My he's like if I continue, I could end up in a wheelchair. And that's where it like hit me. It's like people don't understand what these guys do. They literally put their bodies on the line. I mean and like if a doctor hadn't stopped them, he could have ended up paralyzed for the rest of his life. Of course. And he's only in his mid thirties.
1: Like yeah, or at like that maybe point. maybe yeah. At he that, had been wrestling for like twenty years up to that. Yeah, point. and and if you look at his career, I mean, maybe it would have lasted a little longer if he wasn't in all those TLC matches. Sure, that was something that. But that's something that helped make him famous. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have been the rated-R superstar he became. But it's another thing. Like, uh, you look at superstars in the WWE and like what they do to their bodies. And how much money they make. But when we went to freelance pro wrestling, and dudes were just throwing their bodies outside of the ring into the chairs, and like these guys aren't making nearly the money They're making of money.
2: pennies compared to uh, the compared big to bucks. Compared to superstars, and but it just goes to show y- if how you much have they any doubt us. about the the extent of which these men and women sacrifice. Pay the fucking ten, twenty dollars, you know, chump change that it costs to go to one of these indie shows, and they're Sitting all the over row. the country. Sit in the front and row, and you don't even have to because most of the times the 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 uh, space is small enough that wherever you are, you've got a pretty close view. But especially if you can get up up top there, I mean, watching these high spots, these men. Uh, d- they hurl themselves over this top rope onto the cement, you know, yeah. flinging themselves into rows of chairs. <laughs> yeah. I would just look at their, their bodies and be like, you're, you can't get up How from that. How are you getting up from that? The, like that. Know? And when people are, you know it's fake. It's right. Well, yeah, it's predetermined. Well, but throw your body onto the cement sto- Storylines are created just like fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah. Except yeah. Uh, there's no CGI doing these, you know, doing these uh, moves. These these yeah. people are, are putting no, their they're bodies. They're sure. finding it again
1: the next night in another town.
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. The punches,
0: you know, may not be actual punches all of, of the course, time. All but the they, time. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. But, like, when they are flying up and back right on the mat, sure, that may not seem like much, it's like it's not a trampoline. It's anything, not a jumpy It's you know? not. It's not. It, it's, it's, it's got like barely an inch of padding and may, on there. They may do that thirty times in one match, and yeah. like you said, then they do it the next night, and then they do it six days straight. It's like your back is just not meant to hit. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it, it's
1: insane. It it's it literally and insane. And it makes sense as to
2: why like, it's a like lot of fo- pro wrestlers you, get into drills. Well, you, you, you think that problems. about like well, oh, football yeah. players because no no adult, especially adult red blooded male, has any problems saying football players are tough. They put their body on the line every week. They go out there. These wrestlers are pussies. You know, I've I've heard that argument before. Like, but what, wearing underwear and groping each other? Yet football players put on. I mean, obviously it's going to hurt no matter what, but they've got padding on. They've got. They've. Got, they're. They're. They're trying to stop the 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 injuries from happening. Even though no matter what, you're going to have concussions. You're going to have shit in football. Not in wrestling. But it's every day. Pro wrestling is the only sport that doesn't have an off season. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And, and at so the they they same time, it. they have to tell a story. They have to. They have to create characters. Uh, and they have to do a lot of work as individuals to stay relevant and to stay over yes, with Especially crowds if you're starting to
1: like get really popular and over with the crowd and you get injured I mean a lot of people keep their mouth shut because they can't really afford to To take time off because if they do as they're starting to become popular that could be their entire run that Yeah uh, Nobody I, uh, asks for
0: time off Exactly and you just hit it on the head about there's no off season for wrestling yeah. it just it never stops and I, I, CM Punk said it when he was training for UFC and like some people may think this is total bullshit that wrestling is more dangerous than UFC and like the reason he said that is because in UFC if someone you know breaks something or gets you know punched in the face or knocked out they stop it right away. Yeah. The ref jumps right in there. There's no, no there's no veil that
2: you're trying to keep over yeah. the UFC about, but like, this could, you know.
0: They immediately stop it, whereas in wrestling, um, like, I don't know if you guys remember the moment a few years ago, uh, one of my favorites I also wanted to bring up was Daniel Bryan was turning on Bray Wyatt in the cage on Monday Night Raw, and uh, he started uh, brawling with him, and then the yes chants were just insane that yeah. night. And apparently, at some point during that encounter, Daniel Bryan got a concussion, or he hit his head, and then he continued to brawl with Ray Wyatt, knock him out, and then climb on the cage, and then chant with the crowd. He said he didn't remember, like, ten minutes of that. No. And it's like, because no one, no one said, hey, Daniel, you should, you should, whoa, 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 stop now. We'll, we'll just stop the fight. Like, no, he went and just did that
1: without knowing. And could have really injured himself. That kind of shit happens yeah.
2: all the time. And to
1: piggyback off that, there's another story similar that, to that with uh, Bubba Ray Dudley and Chris Jericho, where there was like this, this huge, it was, I think it was uh, a ladder match, and Chris Jericho went to do a spot uh, with Bubba Ray Dudley off the ladder where he was supposed to bulldog him to the mat. What happened is Bubba Ray ended up getting his head just like slammed into the mat. And he said it was the worst concussion he had ever received in his entire career. Like, his brains were just scrambled. And Chris Jericho was just like, I could tell something was wrong with him, but we still had a lot of the match to go. And he said uh, that he was trying to help Bubba Ray, like, through the rest of the match. And Bubba Ray was just like, I I remember trying to get up. And he's like, I remember, like, you coaching me and assisting me throughout the rest of the match telling me like what the spots were and what the spots coming up were happening and like how to climb the ladder because he completely forgot and he was like it was all just instinct on how to finish that match and he said after the match was over with he went to the er with um uh it was spike dudley uh and tommy dreamer and he said that his concussion was so bad that uh when he saw tommy dreamer and spike he was just like hey Bubba Ray was like, where's where's my mom and dad? And Bubba's mom passed away a year prior to this match. And Tommy Dreamer was just like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, man, but, but your mom passed away. And Bubba said that he just completely lost it, like he had heard about his mom passing away for the very first time. Wow. And he said that he asked them 50 or 60 times where his mom was in the ER and Tommy Dreamer just kept telling him the truth and he said he reacted to it the same way every single time just learning awful news over and over, exactly. And over again Exactly he reacted yeah. to it like it was the first time he heard it but like See, he got that concussion and he had to continue going and I'm sure he wrestled the next night too But Michael wrestling is fake <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, but that, how can you watch that Yeah, but
1: that's like I don't know I guess as an adult now when I've heard so many times over the years oh wrestling's fake like when someone tells me that they're into Star Trek I don't talk shit about it anymore because I'm like well that's your pro wrestling yeah. you know that's the thing that you geek out about this is the thing that I geek out about
2: I know Star Trek isn't
1: real but like I'm not going to ruin that yeah. for you. Just I mean, you obviously it, just know keep an ruined.
2: open mind everybody. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. 95% of the adult population just a couple months ago was obsessed with with uh, catching imaginary monsters on their cell phones outside. Yes. I never judged it once. I didn't enjoy it, but I never <laughs> judged it. A story like that is just like it's so like heartbreaking
0: to hear because you know, we don't want these guys to injure themselves to that point. But It is a reality. It is something that I bet... Every wrestler has some sort of story similar to that. Oh, I totally blacked out in that match. Oh, I dislocated my shoulder. in a, like Sami Zayn on Raw, dislocated his shoulder before or whatever. he even had
2: his first match. And then had and him. then
0: wrestled fifteen minutes. Yeah, like oh, in Finn UFC. Balor
2: is the match that injured yeah. him. You know, he, he got injured. Pop it back right? in and let's go. And yeah. Then, yeah. shit, Charlotte versus Sasha. Yeah, yeah. God, and there were so many botches in that match. I thought it was going to end immediately, but it kept going. Probably every match you watch has some sort of little injury or nick or whatever that any normal human would be like, I'm out, I'm out. Stop it. Yeah, stop yeah. it. I even need to a, go back. My arm hurts. Even but, a bump. Yeah. You yeah. know, an average
1: person, if they take a bump, they'd be like, Ugh,
2: and when you know, when you, I'm when, taking you, the day off work when you're armed with that information and then you watch the same person who can, who can put their body through that grueling of an experience, do it night after night after night and also entertain you with their acting ability, with their comedic ability, with their yeah. dramatic ability, not just when you're... When, when they can morph that into telling a story in the ring. Absolutely. Where yeah.
0: it's not just, uh, you know, stunts. Yeah. It's not just their jumping off stuff. It's that, that, you know, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Ziggler, Alberto Del Rio, or We'll bring up a more classic match instead. Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin at mm-hmm. WrestleMania thirteen. It oh, went okay. into the match that Stone Cold was the bad guy. Yeah. Bret Hart was the good guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I tell this to people, like but during the match, Bret Hart just kept wailing on Austin because he was so frustrated that he wouldn't tap out yeah. to the point where they switched roles yeah. to where Steve Austin became cheered and Bret Hart became booed. I'm like, that's an amazing story Double that they yeah. just told.
1: It was also one of the most like iconic pictures in WWE where you know Bret Hart had Stone Cold in the sharpshooter and he had blood just screaming yeah. down Creamed his face. And, and eventually passed out from it too. Yeah, the, and the,
0: the perfect ending to yeah. that match is that no one tapped out is that he just... You know, he would rather pass out from the pain than give up the match. Exactly, And, like, that is just something that, like, you know, that these aren't guys that, like, you know, uh, you'll see at, like, a theme park stunt show with, like, Indiana Jones or something. Yeah. They're just jumping around and fight, fight, fight. You know, it's like, no, no, no. They tell a story in there. Sure, there may be some that it feels very formulaic, but then they have something like that, and you're like... Mind blown. When all <laughs> yeah. when,
2: when all the 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 uh, individual magical elements collide into that perfect storm, Ooh. and, and it, honestly, it gets a bad rap because all anybody is exposed to is WWE television, either Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. And a lot of the time, when you watch those shows, it's there's the perfect storm is not brewing. Yeah. It's yeah. they're trying, and then well, some, Sometimes the storyline hits. And, the, and it's in that moment where the where the, the match is so great and they're doing such a good job of tying all those things together, but it doesn't happen all the time. That, yeah, you know? well, you can't, like, now that there's the brand split, but still, you
0: you have a show on Monday, and then you they may have live events the next, like, four days, yep, yep. and then once a month a pay-per-view. It's like, they're wrestling so often that it's like, just because you're doing it more doesn't mean you're going to get gold more, but, like... You know, you can't expect these athletes to come up with something perfect every time. Absolutely not. And, like, I think that's why back in the day some people may say it was better when there was less of it because they had more time to mold stories to do that. But I think, you know, with NXT, they're realizing, like, this is how we should kind of turn things back into. Yeah. Where we, every week, there's something important, but it's not like this Raw is the best Raw you're ever going to see. Yeah, you right. know, NXT is just like, no, no, no. you're going to see someone like Bailey. You're going to see a tag match. You're going to see a squash match because we want you to wait for a few weeks until TakeOver where we're gonna blow
1: your frickin' mind. <laughs> yeah, well, if that's the thing, it's like so many episodes of Raw and SmackDown start with, like, somebody being like, this is gonna be the greatest episode of this show ever. It's just like, you're saying, so- Ashton Kutcher yeah. is here! Yeah, you <laughs> <The laughs> stupid idiot. Or Ashton Kutcher, as, as Y2J Oh My God! Him. Yeah, yeah. Quiet. Uh, but it's just like you're setting yourself up for these high expectations that you're not always delivering. And even if you watch a three-hour Raw, there might be something really good that happens at the very beginning or at the very middle of the show or at the very end. But it's not happening the entire three hours. Yeah. Much like a pay-per-view sometimes, you know? It's like not the entire pay-per-view is going to be great. You might have one or two matches that, well, that was awesome. Or maybe like an appearance or a return of somebody that was made it great. Uh, But, I mean, it's impossible to put on a five-star match every single night. Yeah. And
0: I guess this is where I'll I'll turn to to you guys to ask now, like, if we could come up with, like, one match for any of the non-wrestling listeners out there to kind of—to peek at. And it doesn't have to be the greatest match in the world, but one that we think that's, like, if you watch this— you're gonna want to keep going, and uh, the one uh, that I'll bring up that it's it's a recent match. It's it's not my favorite of all time, but I definitely think it has the emotion, the athletics, the storyline is Bailey versus Sasha at NXT Brooklyn, uh, NXT Takeover yeah. Brooklyn last yeah. year. Yeah. What I love so much about that match is you know, '90s pro wrestling. The women were kind of you know just hot. That was it. Look at the hot girl. <laughs> like, that's yeah. all they were. But they've molded it into that we're not going to just take supermodels and teach them how to wrestle. We're going to find the females who love wrestling. And that's who Bailey and Sasha are. Yeah. They're two women who all they've wanted to do is be wrestlers. Yeah. And they had a storyline, you know, clear, babyface, heel, Babyface, you're never gonna win this title. And then, you know, she comes in, and you know, it's the underdog story. And sure, you may see it seem like it's cliche, but the way that they still put that match together is that by the end of it, when Bayley wins the title and she's crying, and then she hugs Sasha, and then like the other ones come out, I was like, man, like this is a moment, not just for women fans, for women wrestling, but this is just a that should have been the main event that evening Mm -hmm. and that's why the next takeover they were the main event (laughs) yeah Yeah. because uh, Triple H was just like do you see like look how fucking awesome they are yeah Yeah. that was just a match that you know it it just it opened my eyes to women's wrestling way more than I had before yeah like because and before I had been thrown up conditioned to where, ah, oh, they're just going to do a little five minute match and then we'll get back to the men fighting. Yeah, right. because they were, they were divas. Yeah. You know? yeah they weren't. Exactly. Uh, they were called divas.
2: Yeah. They had. Like, divas in right. negative and connotation. Very, very much so. There were so. t shirts cool that said puppies on it. Yeah. <laughs> we and we were talking about dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> on the cover of a
1: WWF magazine holding two puppies yeah. in front of her. Get it? Her breasts. Get it? Puppies? So, yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> like, ha, ha, ha. How clever you are, WWF. Yeah. EWF/E. Yeah,
0: so I'll, I'll kind of turn to you guys now and feel free, whoever would like to go first, maybe a match that you've seen recently that they can check out or you can uh, advise to maybe look on oh. YouTube that really you think opens
2: people's eyes yeah. to the business in a different way. I could mention a couple, I guess. I mean, yeah, sure, mention uh, a couple. More recently, one that I feel like touched on all cylinders, especially when in relation to what we've been talking about about you know sort of uh breaking the fourth wall and, exp- and enjoying both the storyline and the the uh the behind the scenes aspect of pro wrestling i mean i could point to any of like the cruiserweight style matches a lot of that is becoming the new norm uh, as far as the independent scene the the pwg type flippy shit wrestling you know um, the, uh, the 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 ricochet will Osprey match from mm-hmm. uh, New Japan the Super Juniors any of those because that that style of in ring wrestling is so flashy and attractive that a non a non wrestling fan would be like just holy shit and showing Amanda matches like that as a as a dancer you know people people who have that background in performing are just like holy crap like that is impressive but specifically in the cruiserweight classic um, the Wow! Some, we're having fun <laughs> we're uh, recording here at second city so yeah we're uh there's a second city in chicago there's always something that's really all funny all, happening that like people need to laugh people so hard around, barrel, barrel of laughs. <laughs> uh but uh cedric alexander versus kota abushi which was my favorite wow, yeah. which is my favorite match yeah. in that tournament um because the in-ring storytelling was amazing you have you have uh the presumed winner of the tournament, Kota Ibushi, who everyone is considering the the best, maybe the best all around wrestler in the world, and this guy Cedric Alexander, who's got a, a a huge backing on the independent circuit, but is the clear underdog. i never heard of him before. Yeah, he's he's the clear underdog in this match. They put they put on a show where it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and building and building and building to the point where. Everybody who just goes in thinking, whether you're you're a true Mark, a kid who's like I'm going for this guy, or it's like, well, we think Kota's gonna win because that's how the storytelling goes. That's he he's got to beat Cedric Alexander in this match. That's just how. It, but even I mean, even as a person who who sort of knew going into it, even without seeing a spoiler, Kota Bushi's gonna win this match. It got to the point where I'm like, fucking Cedric's going to win this match. He's going to win it. Even though every part of me was was thinking, he's not going to win. Kodabushi has to continue on. It got to the point where I really, really believed. And it made me feel like a kid again. And after the match, you get the fourth wall breaks and... Uh, he's getting, he's taking a curtain call and the the crowd is chanting, please sign Cedric. And I'm explaining this match to my girlfriend, who's not a wrestler. And she's super interested in this story because she's like, wait a minute. And I'm like, yeah, so this is a tournament where these people are all independent wrestlers, they're getting the biggest exposure of their career. Some are signed, some, some are, are signed, not. some yeah. are not, and the ones who aren't are desperately trying to connect with the fans, to catch the attention of Vince McMahon, of Triple H, of Creative, of of uh, the upper brass at WWE. And this guy just put on such an amazing performance that before he goes to the back, the crowd is demanding that he take a curtain call is is in unison chanting, "Please sign Cedric." to the point where uh, much like you mentioned with Daniel Bryan and Vince McMahon it's like well fuck I gotta get it. Triple H comes out maybe maybe just to get him in to like shut the crowd up to move on with, the, with this show but he get, he grabs him, he puts his arm up, he he puts his arm around him and he gives the he shoves him backstage and he gives the crowd a look, like him thumbs him up, up, up and the look like, yeah, we got him, we got him. Yeah. And the crowd loses it. And I'm I'm fucking crying. Yeah, I'm crying because we were watching that match. Just like you were saying with the, the, the progression of Edge's career, like this this guy, this man has 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 uh you know performed in, in VFWs and the back in high school gymnasiums and now he's he had a shot. He completely succeeded. He told an amazing story with probably the best in-ring performer in the world. Didn't win. Didn't win yeah. and still, you know, got the last curtain call and pretty much got signed on, to, on television before these fans' eyes. That, to me, is is the epitome of, in, you know, uh, in-ring and out-of-the-ring out of behind the scenes. It, it was a complete just, like— Whoa. And telling that to my girlfriend, who's not a wrestling fan, who was com- who was completely compelled by that story, but watching the match and being like, oh, God, did- is his neck broken? Like, what the hell? Like, that's how well they sold some of those moves. And then watching, wait, wait a minute. So this is real. This isn't a part of the story now where the crowd is in on it. No, like the crowd has been like, he was so amazing. We will not let him... G- g- uh, go backstage until we have some assurance that he's going to be on TV again. Yeah, like that's That was how good that story I was. I mean, just think about, like, that's... The, the crowd loved him so much. That's almost like if,
0: you know, you see a character on, like, a TV show who's just, like, a background person. Yeah. Or is, like, a small one-episode role. But he, he was so good that you, you were just, like, tweeting or, you know saying to the showrunners, Absolutely. Oh, no, keep bringing him back. And then the showrunner's like, all right, well, I guess we gotta get yes. him so a, that, ring yeah, such a ring so
1: That happens a lot. I mean, that happened with the Steve Urkel character on Family Matters. So he yes. was supposed to be in it one episode not- taking Laura out on a date and that that character, that episode was so popular that that whole entire series
2: Jesse was revolved around pattern. him. Same exactly, thing. yeah. He's, the, he's the one of the two uh, pro- uh, protagonists of the show. He was only supposed yeah. to be in like two episodes. Yep. But that's on such a, on a smaller micro level. Of, but like, like you said... It, this it, is better because you're, the fans
0: are right there to chant in unison. Please sign Cedric. That
2: takes takes a very we're sitting here in the second city. It takes a group mind to to achieve that and that's again what we're talking about of that connectivity, that connection you feel with other wrestling fans. We're all in the same room. That was such an amazing performance. We're all experiencing that same sort of visceral reaction to it. We feel like kids again. Let's get this dude a job and whoever started that chant, the couple of people, please sign Cedric. It picks up, it picks up, it picks up and it's growing to the point where you're watching at home you have goosebumps and then the fucking boss comes out and he's like we we got him. that wasn't planned like maybe it was maybe it wasn't but the fact that we're asking and the fact that that i mean i just think that any non-wrestling fan could would be compelled just by the sheer story of that and if they weren't into wrestling just watch this match and be like are you into cool shit do you watch like (laughs) amazing videos on the internet of like oh did you see that flippy did like this is that just like thirty minutes of of amazing well what, that and maneuvers, maneuvers, segment right to, that, that match all the way up until the very end of Triple H bringing Cedric
1: to the back like if people ask me like why I'm a pro wrestling fan I'd be like that yeah, yeah. that right there well, this is it this is the reason you can tell that it wasn't
0: planned is that Cedric like like you're not supposed to break character. And Cedric was so overcome with emotion, just from them cheering him, that he was crying. Because he was also, like, it was appreciation for being able to put on that match with Kota Ibushi. It was the crowd cheering him. Like, because he was trying to just grasp that moment. Because that very well could have been his only WWE-related match ever. He also for a long time. And then they said, no, 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 no. We love
2: you so much. Please sign. Please Please yeah. come back. <laughs> I love this so much. And if I really desire to, I can spend the money to go be there and experience it. Absolutely. And m- maybe fucking clap this dude's hand, you know. And, yeah. and you can't do that in movies or television or, I mean, even sports, they're not as accessible, really. No. Because they don't engage with the audience as much as pro that's wrestling does. Well, because they're, and, and this is the huge thing
0: that's different between sports and wrestling. Sports, they're doing it to win. Yeah, Like, like the Cubs, they're not trying to win the game for the crowd. I, I hate to say it. They're doing it because, you know, they want to win. There's a bottom line. They want to be the best. You know, they probably get raises the better they do. You know, like, they're doing it for that wrestlers. They're doing it for the fans. They're doing it to entertain you. Well, they they're, do it because they love it. Yeah, and they're you doing know? it to put it on a
2: show. So And, and, and said pops, that, Cedric, that Cedric Kabushi match is a perfect example of, yes, wins and losses are important in wrestling, but... The, but Cedric Alexander lost that match, but he won that match. Of course. You know? yeah. It's about the crowd, like you said. The he crowd is over, the final right? arbiter. Yep. I guess that brings us now to you, uh, Michael. What is uh,
0: what, what is a match that you think you, sh- that you really recommend, um, whether it's for the
1: story or the action, whatever? It's one of my favorite matches of all time, and it's uh, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. 18. 18, yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons that I love that match so much is... Uh, despite Terry Balea the person uh, and everything that he's been under fire for as of recently uh, I'm going to be a Hulkamaniac at heart my entire life Uh, just because he was the guy that like really got me into being like oh man pro wrestling is so cool Hulk Hogan huge Hulkamaniac Uh, so to have him come back and fight The Rock who was at his prime I mean that's like being able to see Tyson and and Ali go at it uh so one of the things that I loved about it is Hulk Hogan went into the match as a heel as a part of NWO. The Rock goes into this match as a babyface and much like the Bret Hart Stone Cold match, the two roles switch during that match where all of a sudden the entire crowd is cheering for
2: Hulk Hogan. It's so one of those instances where like they're so iconic that they transcended the storyline.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and you can tell like Technically, it's not one of the greatest matches ever. You oh, can no. definitely tell The Rock is working his ass off to, to get Hogan over and try to make him look good. Uh, but it's... And it's this is one of my favorite moments of the match. And it's getting towards the end of the match. And, uh... The Rock is is going to, to pin Hogan, and Hogan kicks out of it, and all of a sudden he starts hulking up. And all of a sudden, you see every single dude in that crowd, they all of a sudden, they turn into 8-year-old boys. And that's one of my favorite things about watching wrestling isn't just watching the high spots and the moves and like Hulk Hogan hulking up. It's watching the fans' reactions out in the crowd. And I love pausing the moment when Hulk Hogan starts hulking up because you can see all these dudes just like their faces just totally (laughs) light up and dudes just like stand up from out of their seats like yeah yeah like grown men just cheering like little boys Uh, and of course um you know, Hulk Hogan ends up putting the, the Rock over in that match. Sorry for the spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Um, I was it, waiting 15 years to watch it. I'm so sorry. I, I haven't gone to is. it on my DVR yet. Watch yeah. it on the network. Um, but it's it's it happened where the roles reverse, and you got to see The Rock and 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 Hogan in the ring at the very end of it, and you got to see Hulk Hogan do all his infamous poses, and of course, Hall and Nash come out to try to interrupt it, and that right there was the end of the. NWO, you know, and uh, even though even though Hulk Hogan passed the torch to The Rock, The Rock put Hulk Hogan over. Yeah. Not that Hulk Hogan needed to go over because it's Hulk fucking Hogan, but <laughs> you know he he ended up turning back into the babyface that everybody uh, loved uh, growing up. And I, I, I could I kind of watch that moment where Hulk Hogan starts hulking up towards the end of the match, and and that's one of those moments where like. I can watch a lot of, like, really great theater or, like, a a, a a really good movie, a really good television show, and it doesn't always grasp me emotionally, but uh, wrestling, pro wrestling is one of the things that does. I mean, I can cry like a baby when I watch pro wrestling. I mean, I remember watching... Um, the Brian Kendrick against Kota Ibushi in his final match of the CWC and just the relationship between the Brian Kendrick and uh, Daniel Bryan because they started together I mean that shit made me so I mean it got me it teared me up like seeing the two of them hug it out in the ring at the end of it uh, I mean it just really gets to me and watching uh, uh, pausing it when, when Hulk Hogan starts hulking up in that match and seeing the reaction from everybody in the crowd I mean that just like it just sucks me in and it just like gets me so emotional and so in, invested into it and that that makes me feel like a six-year-old kid again watching Hulk Hogan for the first time and, and freaking out watching him wearing like all of his garb and you know holding the championship belt we're wrapping up here
0: uh just huge marks for wrestling and I was great I'm glad I got to have you guys on we'll have to have you on again and just talk more about wrestling and yeah. another
1: of The round table.
0: but yeah um Real quick, if you guys want to just uh, plug your plug your podcast or anything
1: else you guys are working on, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know me, Michael Palmanderi, the motherfucking musical. And I also have Kyle Adams over Easy Kyle Adams. Oh, Easy tag Adams. Partner. Um, we have uh, the Slobberknocker podcast, uh, which I'm uh, sure you know it's all about pro wrestling. Um, we oftentimes have guests on the on the show, such as the pros uh, and Sully, the world's strongest manager. And, of course, our friend Paris, who's now out in L.A. Uh, but if you want to listen to the Slobberknocker podcast, you can find it on Facebook, on the Meme. Uh, make it At Media. Uh, make it a media page or the Slobberknocker podcast Facebook page you can also find it on our twitter handle uh, at Slobbernock pod or you can listen to it on iTunes yeah
2: go ahead check us out we, we do a lot of fun segments well getting back to them. like we said the last past six weeks I was out with my jaw wired shut from a sweet chin music uh, from Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. but uh, you know normally we're doing fun segments on there we're, we're creating characters we're doing uh, improv improvisational promos and creating our very own wrestling characters. We're doing original covers of theme songs, lots of fun and shit. And also going to live events when we can. Yeah, trying to cover the indie wrestling scene in Chicago. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, again,
0: glad to have you guys on, and I hope to jump on your podcast again. Hopefully, not anytime. break it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, break it's something. That, the internet. Uh, the I mean, when the, pros, when the pros guests on a podcast, you, you can never guarantee that it won't be broken. <laughs>
1: That's, uh, well, you are broken, Brian. <laughs> We're all broken a little bit. Well, thank you very much for having us. Thanks listening. a lot. This is yeah, great. great.
0: Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Please always, if you could do me a big, huge favor, everyone here at the podcast, please rate review subscribe i know it seems like such a pain in the ass but it just takes two seconds and it really helps us reach a broader audience that way more people can check out our podcast maybe before you know it i'll start doing this every tuesday if the audience starts to grow a little bit larger if the demand is there i'll give it to you folks when you're done rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, you could uh, share us on the social medias. You can find Entertainment Buffet on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at EntertainBuffet, as well as just our regular old website, entertainmentbuffet.com, or search us on uh, YouTube, Entertainment Buffet. We have sketches. We have web shows. We have tons of stuff coming your way, guys. And you don't want to miss it. Just like, subscribe. Follow. All that stuff. And... End of the podcast.